Good morning, Encounter. What a privilege once again to join you here on Open House Sunday as we enter into God's word together. Let's say a word of prayer. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, I thank you that where two or three are gathered in your name that you have promised to be in the center. And so I pray today, God, that you would be in the center of each of our conversations, that you would be in the center of this community, that you would be in the center of this message going forward, that we would have eyes to see, that we would have ears to hear, that we would have a mind to comprehend what it is that your spirit is speaking. I pray that we would be attuned to you. In your name we pray. Amen. So today I simply just want to invite you to come with me on a walk. Have you ever had um, a rough day and just to clear your head, you think, okay, I just need to step outside and I need to get some fresh air. I need to go for a walk. Or maybe you were, you know, at a, a campsite and I've ever been camping and, you know, you take a friend or two and you say, let's go for a hike, let's go for a walk. And often on those walks, you can either clear your head if you're by yourself because you can kind of start to sort through your ideas or pray even. Or if you're with a couple friends, like on the campsite, you get to talk about things along the way. Now, when we come to today's story, we're going to be looking at some people who went for a really important walk. A walk that really changed everything for them. It might be, again, a story that you're familiar with, but I invite you to take this walk as if it's the very first time. Come walk with me. We're going to walk through this passage step by step. And so I'm not going to read the whole thing to begin with. We're going to read a little bit, talk about it, read a little bit more. And as this walk unfolds, I pray that we would have eyes to see where God is speaking to us through this passage. This is Luke chapter 24, and I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. That same day, two of Jesus's followers were walking to the village of Emmaus, seven miles from Jerusalem. As they walked along, they were talking about everything that had happened. And as they talked and discussed these things, Jesus himself suddenly came and began walking with them. But God kept them from recognizing him. And he asked them, what are you discussing so intently as you walk along? They stopped short, sadness written across their faces. Then one of them, Cleopas, replied, You must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all the things that have happened there the last few days. What things? Jesus asked. So let's pause our walk for a moment and realize how we got here. So how did we how did we get here? How did we get on this walk? What's what's the context of this walk? Well, it says that same day. What does that mean? Well, the context of this is this has been three days since the crucifixion, which means this is Resurrection Sunday. So that day, Resurrection Sunday, we find these two followers who are going for a walk. Now, I don't know about you, but if you've ever, but for me, in times of grief or times of mourning or troubled times, times where I'm disappointed or sad, sometimes all I really need to do is Find someone who can listen, whether that's God or another human being, but somebody who's willing to hear me kind of externally process what's been going on, my pain or my disappointment or my grief. And here we find Jesus showing up and 
asking some questions that he already knows the answers to, but he's allowing these disciples to really walk out what they've been going through. And so my first point here is that the Lord is walking with us even when we fail to recognize him. See, it says that same day. So we'll have to kind of rewind the tape and go up to the passages right before this. And right before this um, Road to Emmaus story, we see that there are several women that have visited Jesus' tomb and discovered his body is missing. And the angels have spoken to these women and told them that Jesus is alive and he's no longer there. These women rush and they tell the apostles, including Peter and John, and other disciples and followers of Jesus, what they have seen and what they have heard. Now, because women were not allowed to testify in court, that's perhaps one of the reasons why the Bible tells us that these men thought it was nonsense. Verse 11 of Luke 24, the story sounded like nonsense to the men, so they didn't believe it. Then we have Peter, and we know it's Peter and John from another gospel telling us this story, who rushes to the tomb, finds it as the women had said, Jesus's body is missing. There's this mystery happening that has kind of shrouded this final day where they're waiting to see what what to make of what has happened. And so we find these followers of Jesus there. Now, the assumption for many biblical scholars is that these two followers had experienced this situation and seeing these women come back with this amazing story about the angels, the missing body, this missing body piece being confirmed by uh, by Peter, at least here. And so as they as they're leaving Jerusalem, they're leaving with heavy hearts. They're leaving feeling very isolated and alone. They were a part of this bigger group of people who followed Jesus, these people who they shared this grief of losing Jesus, this mourning of things not turning out the way they expected. And now it's just the two of them. It's just the two of them going for a walk, heading home to Emmaus, it seems like. And so that's about a two hour walk. It says seven miles here, about two hours journey on the road towards from Jerusalem towards Emmaus. And we find them here not alone. See, it was common in that day and age, obviously there's no cars, that you have to walk along the road to travel. And there would have been other travelers and they could come in and out of your conversation and you could meet uh, different people that way or groups or community. And it would be um, wise to travel with other people for safety's sake rather than to travel alone. And so we see this, this stranger joining these two companions, this stranger to them at that point. And this stranger says, hey, what are you guys talking about? He hears them talking about perhaps Jesus's arrest, his betrayal by Judas, his arrest, his many trials, then his crucifixion, and ultimately his death. And he hears them discussing these things, and he says, what's going on here? And you can hear kind of the, the surprise in this one companion, Cleopas, his voice, saying, you must be the only person who doesn't know what's happening here. <laughs> if you can imagine in kind of our own context, at the beginning of COVID times, um, if someone had said, hey, what's COVID? What's COVID-19? Say, Are, have you not been listening to the news? This is going on in every country and in every part of the world. How do you not know this? And so that that's kind of the same um, indignation they have with Jesus, this stranger coming along and saying, who's Jesus? What happened? Tell me what's going on. And so they don't realize that they are walking with Jesus because they are kept from recognizing him. 
Now, in Greek, that word kept from recognizing him is the word like restrained. They're restrained. They're held back. Almost like if you think, you know, your dog's running up ahead and you hold him back. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Wait a second. We're not ready to go there yet. Keep in pace with me. And so they're kept from recognizing Jesus. It's not time for them to realize that the risen Lord is here. There's some things they need to do. There's some stuff they need to process through, talk through. And see, here's the thing. If Jesus had just revealed himself in that first moment to them, say, actually, the women were right. Here I am. (laughs) Ta-da. Jesus is here. He would have circumvented the journey that they needed to go on to fully understand and fully accept him for who he is. And so here we find out kind of their starting point, where these followers are at. And he says to them, tell me, what happened? And often in our lives, there's moments and times where we don't realize that Jesus is walking with us in our everyday life, through this everyday journey, walking back to home, on your drive back to the grocery store. He's with you. If you are a follower and a disciple of Jesus, if you have made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, he, he is with you. He has promised to be with you, to never leave you, to never forsake you. As you're making dinner for your family, he is walking with you. As you're washing dishes, he is with you. When you're at your job and you're sitting at your desk and you just don't understand how you're going to solve this particular office conflict, he is walking with you. When you feel alone and no one can see you or your tears, they're silent and you think no one notices or cares, he is with you. He is walking with you along the road. If that road is bumpy and hilly and, and goes up all the way and you can't see the end of it, he is with you. When that road is smooth and there's everything is going really well and you're excited about this next stage of your life, he is with you. In the ups and the downs, in the high moments and the low moments, he is with you. He is walking with you. Do you recognize him? Are you willing to to welcome him into your journey? Are you willing to walk with him along the way? And so we see for these two companions, this is a low moment in their life. This road is rocky and bumpy as far as they're concerned spiritually what's happening here. And But Jesus is with them and they don't even know it. They don't even recognize it. And there are these moments in our life where we think, God, are you even listening to my prayers? It's like silence. My prayers are bouncing off the ceiling. You can believe that he is hearing you. He is with you. He is walking with you. Just as he was with these disciples. Even though at that moment, they could only recognize him in reverse. After they played back back this conversation, they, oh, that was Jesus. But at the time, they couldn't see him at work in their life. They couldn't see him walking with them. And so we can see that God is walking with us, even when we don't realize it. And secondly, he is working things out, even when we don't recognize it. He's working things out. And so here we find these companions here. So they're walking along. They don't recognize it's Jesus. Jesus has given them the opportunity to process what's going on, to share with him what going on in their life what's happening how why they're sad sadness is written on their face why are you sad what's going on tell me about it we can always come to him in prayer this is the fuel for prayer and so we come to them here in verse 18 says then one of them cleopas replied 
You must be the only person in Jerusalem who hasn't heard about all these things that have happened there these last few days. What things, Jesus asked. The things that happened to Jesus, the man from Nazareth, they said. He was a prophet who did powerful miracles, and he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. But our leading priests and other religious leaders handed him over to be condemned to death, and they crucified him. We had hoped he was the Messiah who had come to rescue Israel. This all happened three days ago. Okay, let's pause our journey walking on this road here as well. So we see here that God is working on their behalf even when they don't recognize or realize it. What do they see? What are their expectations for who Jesus is? Well, it says he was a prophet. He was, as, as in he's no longer alive. He's no longer with us. He was, that's, that's past tense. That was three days ago. Three days ago, we had these hopes. It says we had hoped he was the Messiah. We had put our hope in him, but he disappointed us. We had hoped that he was going to rescue Israel. They had pinned their hopes on Jesus to look a certain way, to behave a certain way, to be the Messiah. And as we know, the disciples were looking for this political savior that was going to rescue Israel from the oppressor, oppressing of Rome. And yet they find that he was oppressed, that he was crucified. He, he died in this horrific way. And all of their hopes were dashed. All of the things that they had seen to that point, they didn't make sense anymore. They say he was a prophet. He was able to speak God's words and other words. And he did powerful miracles. Perhaps you're thinking of some of the miracles they saw, maybe the feeding of the 5,000. How was he able to do these things and to say these things and yet not be the Messiah? Because he died. Because Israel's still oppressed by Rome. And so they're, they're telling Jesus, not realizing it's him, about all their hopes, all their dreams, all their desires that didn't work out, all the disappointment inside of them. They said he was a mighty teacher in the eyes of God and all the people. He was a great teacher. He shared all of this. They knew he was a prophet. They knew he did miracles. They knew he was a teacher, but they didn't know him as the resurrected Lord. They needed a revelation of him as the resurrected Lord. And that's going to come. But for now, they have to process through these things. And they have to realize that even though God doesn't work in the way that they expected, God's still at work. And here, and Jesus is going to help open their eyes to that as we move along here together. So they said they to him, this all happened three days ago. So three days ago, he was arrested. He he was tried and he was crucified and then he was buried in a tomb. That was three days ago. And then today, they said, so the same day, so earlier that morning, so this is about mid-afternoon to late afternoon um, as they're journeying along here. They, they're telling him that some women from our group, verse 22, of his followers were at his tomb early this morning and they came back with an amazing report. They said his body was missing and they had seen angels who told them Jesus is alive. Some of our men ran out to see, and sure enough, his body was gone, just as the women had said. So pause for a second here. They're stating the facts. Well, these are the facts. He died <laughs> three days ago. Then this morning, these, these things happened, but still they're not convinced. They're saying he was 
a prophet. He, they don't see him as alive. His body's missing to them, but he's not yet the resurrected Lord. He's not alive. He's not been made known to them. Do you ever have people in your life who know God in a certain way? And it could be a pastor here at church who, who, you know, preaches a great sermon and says, oh, God is so wonderful. He is Lord. You just need a revelation of him in your life. You just need to know him as Lord, as Savior, as as the King of Kings, as the Lord of Lords, as the one who loves you. Get to know him or someone who shares an amazing testimony. Those of you who know Pastor Eddie's amazing testimony about how he came to faith, you can be really inspired by that. Say, you know what? That's really great that you had that encounter, Pastor Eddie, or that you had that encounter, Pastor Jen, with God. But what about me? What about me? I I don't, I've never felt God's love like that. I've never experienced a miracle in my life. I've never had that moment that I knew that I knew that I knew that God was Jesus. Like, I've never had these encounters. I've only heard of them. And that's where these two followers were. They didn't have an encounter with the risen Lord. They'd only heard of other people's encounters with the evidence, with the facts. Well, in my mind, I believe that Jesus is Lord. In my mind, I believe, you know, he died and he rose again. But it doesn't really affect my everyday life. Or it doesn't affect my heart. I don't feel anything. Or I'm not motivated to do anything based on that information. And we see that these followers are in that same place. There's this conflict between their head and their heart. In their head, they're saying, I have all the facts. I'm trying to piece all the puzzle pieces together, but it doesn't add up. How, how could he come back to life after three days? How could he still be the Messiah? No, that was my, my old hope. We had hopes, but not now. And so Jesus begins to open up the scripture to them, to help them to understand. See, he's still working. Even though they don't see or understand that everything's already changed. Jesus has already come back to life. They don't see that. They're still living in the death of yesterday. And yet he's come to bring new life. This new life is standing in front of them and saying, let me open up your mind to understand who I really am. So then Jesus said to them, you foolish people, You find it so hard to believe all that the prophets wrote in the scriptures. Wasn't it clearly predicted that the Messiah would have to suffer all of these things before entering his glory? Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all the scriptures all the things concerning himself. So Jesus begins to explain to them how God has always been at work how God has been work at work from the beginning of time, from, from the very inception of this earth to Adam and Eve and the promise that, that Eve's child, Eve's seed, would crush the head of the serpent, Satan. That God's been at work through Moses and the law and, and showing this template or this shadow picture of what was to come in Christ, this old covenant showing a sign towards the new covenant that was to come. He goes through the prophets, the prophets that prophesy about Jesus to come. This Emmanuel, God with us, that the virgin will be with child and give birth. He He's explaining the scriptures to them all the way through, showing them this is how God has been at work. He has been at work before these two followers were even born. And God continues to be at work through Jesus being the Messiah, being the one who would redeem, the one who would rescue, the one who had, and the one who was resurrected 
standing in front of them that they still don't recognize. But their lack of recognition doesn't mean God's not at work. Sometimes we fail to recognize where God's been at work in our life and we can fail to give thanks, but God's still at work. It doesn't stop him. (laughs) If you remember the story of the 10 lepers that got healed and only one of them came back, but all 10 of them were still healed. Let's ask God to help us to recognize. Let's not miss the greater blessing, which is knowing that he's with us, that sense of his presence and peace. But even when we don't recognize it, even when we're not sure, even when we don't know because these disappointments or these, this lack of understanding that we have seems to outweigh that promise, he's still working. He still has good plans for our lives. He's still up to something, even when we can't see it. And so then that brings me to this third point. So the first point is God is walking with us. And we don't recognize it. The second one is that he is working things out, even when we don't realize it. And thirdly, he is causing us to wonder at a new revelation of who he is. So here we go at verse 28. By this time, they were nearing Emmaus and at the end of their journey, Jesus acted as if he were going on, but they begged him, Stay the night with us since it is getting late. So he went home with them. And as they sat down to eat, he took the bread and he blessed it. And then he broke it and gave it to them. And suddenly their eyes were opened and they recognized him. At that moment, he disappeared. They said to each other, didn't our hearts burn within us? as he talked with us on the road and explained the scriptures to us. And within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. And there they found the 11 disciples and the others who had gathered with them, who said, the Lord has really risen. He appeared to Peter. So we see Jesus just kind of saying, hey guys, I'm just going to go on on ahead. He's just going to keep going on, (laughs) on his way. And they said, no, no, Jesus, like, well, they didn't know it was Jesus, but they said, no, no, come stay with us. Come stay with us. And they invite him. They invite him not just on the journey, walking along the way, but they invite him into that intimate place, into their house, into their home. Oh, this is a stranger. He, he, you know, we don't even know where he's from. He never even heard of what's happening in Jerusalem, like as far as they know. And yet they invite him into their home. They invite him to show him love and hospitality and care and something's going on. Something's starting to burn within their hearts. There's starting to be a slow recognition of what could be going on here. And they invite him to stay with them. And he takes the bread and he blesses it and he breaks it. And in this moment, there's like a supernatural recognition of who he is. This awe and this wonder at, oh my goodness, it is Jesus that he's alive. Suddenly, he's not just an idea that they've read about in scripture. Suddenly, he's the risen Lord in front of them. You can come to church week after week after week, and you can hear the scriptures read and explained and explored. You can know them and you can quote them like the Pharisees did, but do you know the risen Lord? Have you seen him? Have you walked with him? Have you talked with him? Is he your resurrected Lord? Have you had that moment of wonder at who he is? Have your eyes been opened to who he is and to where he's been in your life? And if not, I invite you to ask him, God, would you open my eyes so that I can see 
who you really are. So we see here, what, what is their response to this? To their response to this wonder that the risen Lord has not just appeared to these women or not just appeared to um, the other disciples, but appeared to them. That is their story now too. Not just Peter's story, but their story. The Lord has risen. And so in the, in the subsequent verses, but we're not going to get into them right away, we see that they, they come, they're, they're walking back. They're walking backwards. So they walk two hours from Jerusalem to Emmaus thinking, okay, everything in Jerusalem, it's done. It's over. There's nothing to hope for there. And they walk two hours back home to Emmaus. Might as well go back home. Then what happens? They see their eyes are opened. What do they do? It says within the hour. So they make preparations and they head back. Now, what we see about the time that's happening here is an interesting picture. As they're walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus, they're walking in the light, but really their understanding is darkened. They don't understand. They cannot see that Christ is with them. They're basically walking in the dark, even though they're physically walking in the light at that point. Now at the end of the story, it's reversed. They begin to walk in the dark, but they have now seen the light. And it's so, that's such an interesting picture and juxtaposition to me that sometimes we think we're walking in the light, (laughs) but we really don't understand. It's all dark to us. But there's times in our life where we have this revelation of who Jesus is. And that even when we're walking in the darkest night of our life, Even when we're walking in that place where we just can't see what God's up to, that we have had a revelation of who the light is, and that light is Jesus Christ. And so now they're able to walk in the light. And so it says within the hour, they were on their way back to Jerusalem. So another two-hour walk back, and they, when they had seen Jesus, he had, they had said, stay with us, it's already getting dark, it's already getting late, so it's already nighttime, but they said, this is worth it. We have to go tell, we have to share, we have to share this wonder, we have to share what we've seen. And in that sharing, they created space. They created space for an encounter with Jesus Christ. And so we see here, verse 35, then the two of them from Emmaus told their story, this is when they arrived back in Jerusalem, of how Jesus had appeared to them, And as they were walking along the road and how they had recognized him as he was breaking the bread. And just as they were telling about it, Jesus himself was suddenly standing there among them. Just as they were telling about it. Your life has a message. The places in your life where you've been, had your eyes open to recognize Jesus. Those places become the very spaces that others can encounter Christ, that they encounter Jesus through your story, through your revelation of who he is, that you can invite others to see what you see when you share what you've seen. And today is Open House Sunday, and I hope we get the opportunity to share with one another where we have seen Christ along the path. Maybe we only saw it in reverse So on the way there, they were talking about what has happened. I don't understand. This is so confusing. And on the way back, they would have been remembering how he talked to them, how he opened the scripture to them, what he said to them. And it all started to make sense in reverse, that he was truly alive, that he had to suffer and die and then come into his glory. There was, there was disappointment on the road there. And on the road back was excitement, was passion. It was wonder. Do you wonder at what God has been doing in your life? And is that wonder causing you to share with others? So 
Let's pray together. Let's pray that we would be able to continue to faithfully walk the road God has called us to walk, knowing that he is with us, even if that knowing is only by faith and not by sight, because we walk by faith and not by sight. And let us understand that he is at work, that he is at work in your finances, that he is at work in your family, that he is at work in that friendship, that he is at work in your work when you invite him, that he's working things out, all things work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose. And thirdly, let us wonder at his good work in our life. It says later on that they were filled with joy and wonder, the disciples together. They were wondering at what he, how he explored the scripture with them and how he opened up their understanding to it. They wondered together in community, like, could this really be Jesus? How is this even happening right now? There be a wonder in your life at what God is doing and what God has done. So no matter what stage you find yourselves in on this road to Emmaus, no matter what condition that road is right now on your life, may you encounter Christ in such a meaningful way. May he open your spiritual eyes to begin to see that he is with you. Let's pray. Lord, I just pray for open eyes today. You would help us to recognize the ways that you have been at work in our life in the past that maybe we forgot about. Maybe places that we didn't think that you were even really at work there, but that God, you were, that you've been walking with us. And I pray, God, that you give us a sense of wonder and joy at your work in our life and allow us to be able to share that with one another to create space for others to encounter you as well. In your name we pray, amen.